Hi, welcome everyone back to the Hecate Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Finnig, and I'm so excited to have my dear friend and special guest today, Rita Avalar, on. She was the first interview on my Wild Witticism podcast when I hosted that years ago, and we're setting up as this is our first interview together because I've been doing solo episodes, so I'm excited for her to be my first guest on the Hecate Calling uh, podcast. Welcome, Rita. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you again. So uh, Rita and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, she's been an inspiration for me. Uh, one of the reasons I started hosting Wild Wisdom Retreats in Indianapolis, because she was like, why don't you just start doing day ones? And, and that kind of led to something else. Um, and she is also the inspiration for me to actually bring a podcast back, because it was something I was thinking about for a while. And then we were talking, which I hope we, we can kind of repeat that conversation today. We were talking just about the role of the feminine in our lives and how we both know how to work in the masculine. Um, and we need to learn how to work even more so in the feminine. And we we're like, you know, like, and really align, especially because both of us, we're, we're very similar. If you've ever taken the Sparkotype test, which I'll link in the show notes, uh, Rita and I are both mavens and love to learn, but we have put many efforts into service and caring for people. And not that we don't care for people, but when we learned that we both love to learn as mavens, and like I said, I'll drop that test in the show notes because I think it's really, it was it was eye opening for us, right, Rita? It was because our work, we were just like giving, 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 sacrificing. And then we were like, no, wait a minute. Like we're at the opposite end of the spectrums. What makes us come alive is learning and creating. We're makers as our what a shadow archetype or whatever. Yeah. The, the maven, the, the primary and the shadow, the creator. Yeah, yeah. So we love to create. Oh, the, ma the maker, the maker. Yeah, the maker, yeah. In, in, but creating, making things, designing yeah. things in order to help us learn and come alive. Yeah. So yeah. hosting a podcast is like a perfect thing for us because like it allows, like I love having interviews because I always learn something from people and then we can share our knowledge because we're talking and sharing and like enjoying things. And so, um, so that's one of the things that influences our business, right? When we create mm -hmm. it, Rita, it's like yep. coming back to that, like, but, and I'll leave this in, like as women and in our lineages, we know how to work hard. That's what we're taught, right? We can work yep. hard. We can make things happen. And, um, and we're supposed to be of service and nurturing. That's what we're basically taught as women. And so um, I would love for you to share, because I'm sure people have already heard me kind of share, uh, of like the conversation when we were, I was in Indianapolis and we were talking about being like working in the masculine and someone telling you, I'm not sure who it was, like it's time to work in the feminine. And, and I'd love for you to share that story. Um, I think just a little bit before sharing the story, mm -hmm. 
Um, you mentioned about the, the spark type in, in our stories being kind of um, our paths are always like, always bumping, right? You know, we're always like crossing, yeah. <laughs> you know, somehow. Um, and I think that would be important to mention because um, Alicia and I, we met, we met through uh, a group of holistic professionals here Indianapolis, she was with her yoga studio, and I was with health coaching businesses. And then, um, and then pandemic came um, and and hit us kind of similar, especially you with the studio. You know, you, you couldn't open the studio, and you yeah. have to do everything online. In my case, I was used to doing everything online, so for me, it didn't hit that bad. But I think it hit us um, in a way that we, we we started to rethink about our, our business and how we how we are doing our business. And like you said, we wanted to serve others, but we were serving, serving, but it was kind of it was draining. Mm-hmm. It was draining you, and it was draining me. Each one if, with our businesses. And, um, and we couldn't figure out why. And, and I think when the pandemic came, it, it gave us the opportunity to like, hey, let me rethink about it. And then you found, uh, you found out about the Spark Type test and you, you did the test, you took the test and you sent to me and uh, I did. And we we're exactly the same <laughs> combination, which is really funny because there is uh, 10 uh, spark types, and then we have you have to find a primary, a shadow, and we are exactly the primary and shadow. Which later, I don't know if I told you that, but I found out my husband's the same as us. So oh, it's wow, really weird. But anyway, and then we, we we found that, and then the first exercise, the first activity we had to do based on that test was to do an inventory of things that we did in our life since we were kids, right? In any situation that could express that type, that spark type in, in, uh, in a way that we were leaving that spark, that, that type, that personality or whatever you call. Um, and when I did that, the activity says, find at least 10 moments. And I found 40 moments. And when I found out, I was like, wow, what I'm doing as a health coach doesn't reflect that at all. It doesn't reflect any of those moments. And all those moments were like, when I wrote this story, when I created this book, when I danced, when I, it was everything related to uh, uh, learning and, mm-hmm. and, and passing that to others, but always in a creative way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always, you're always, always creating and making things. So, and I was like, what I, you know, what I'm doing. And I, you had the same thing. And we both went, you know, through this different path, but at the same time, similar. You know, you sold your business during the pandemic. I, it was like magic. Exactly. <laughs> like, amazing how you did that um and and i i re i restart i 
kind of reframe my my health coaching business i turned the website that i had i had this blog with 300 uh blog posts and um i i i redid i, I reframe everything i created i made it my website as a health content a health lifestyle content website with the idea to sell it which i did last um december So it was like a more than a year later, but, and then right after that, I start like working with, um, marketing with content, which was something that I used to do that before being a health coach. So I went back to my roots and to my, what I, what I am. And inside of that, this creative, this, um, so we have this personality we're so like motivating you know and then we together we're doing that for each other every time we we met and even like here and even later when you move to mexico and then every time you come here we you know go and talk about it how we can be better in our business how we can uh, be better um in our lives but always linked to business and always like this strong masculine energy and um and even like thinking about those moments from this um inventory that we had to do it was always like that always this like ah, you know let's do it let's do it let's do it and that reminds me the, um, the first time i met you i don't know if you remember that but the first time i met you it was in a in a in a meeting with this holistic uh, professionals group and then you mentioned that you came from uh, this uh, co- corporation uh, you know uh, uh, experience and then and I when I saw you I was like wow she's awesome she <laughs> rocks and I saw I saw you with exactly exactly like this masculine energy that uh-huh. I had and I, that's why I think we connect so we're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're great. Um and then and I and again, I'm not I don't think that is bad. No. But you know, as more we study, like we like to learn, we like to study our type, the maven. So as more as we study and learn, I realize that if we stay that in that energy. It really, you know, makes us more tired than normal. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, it's, it is overwhelmed. You know, it is overwhelmed. And later, when we met last time here, I was talking to, um, she's a, she's a, a Reiki healer and, and works with type of things. And then, we are talk- I was talking about that, how crazy I, I, I thought that I, for me, especially money or energy, I, I thought it was masculine energy mm-hmm. because of this aggressive thing, you know, mm-hmm. to get things done. And, like, and I couldn't understand, like, why it is, I mean, in my mind, why the money is masculine and then, and I'm always, like, doing that but I'm not receiving 
back the way it was supposed to be as I thought the money was masculine. But then she mentioned, no, Rita, money is not exactly the masculine energy. It's more of a feminine energy. So it should be something that is um, that flows easily, you know, mm-hmm. that it is nurturing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that um, you don't need to you don't need to sacrifice that much. You don't need to spend that much energy in making the money come to you, you know. And then when she told me about that, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I thought I was, I thought I was doing right, <laughs> you know, with really? my, we're taught. my yeah. yeah, my masculine energy. And then, and, and then I was like, but why I think like that? And it was when, she was asking me, you know, how, you know, how was, how were, you know, the women in your, in your family, you know, how, how is this feminine energy that you were taught that you, that you like saw in your life through your ancestors, you know, through your, your, your parents. And then, uh, I mean, my, my, my relatives. And I was like, I was start thinking, and that's, that's where, we had this talk last time we were here. And I realized, like, man, basically all women from my mom's side to my dad's side, the outcome in this really uh, aggressive male energy, you know, I had, like, from my dad's side, my, my dad's mom, she used to be a farmer, she lost her husband, my grand, my grandfather, really early, and then she used to lead this farm. She would produce like coffee, you know, coffee beans. So she was like really. It is I'm talking back in, in in Brazil. I'm from Brazil, as you guys got a problem. Notice my accent, but um, she used to lead this farm. You know, had all these employees. She, you know. She would drive, she, she would live like in a, she lived in this small town uh, in a state that is known for the farms and everything in, in, in Brazil. And then she, she didn't have driver license. So the policeman would stop her and say, what is your driver license? She said, do you know who you're talking to? And she would get rid of the guy, you know, it's just like, it was like that. It's like just crazy. And then I found out also a couple of years ago that my great grandmother from my mom's side, she first I knew that she got divorced in the 1920s, which is you know she got divorced and got married again. Oh wow! You know wow. Um, She along with other more uh, two women, they created this magazine for women that would taught like a lot of different stuff for women and like really like a, like a feminist magazine in the 1920s. Wow. That's amazing. You know, it is amazing. Um, so she was really ahead of her time. And, uh, and then my, my grandma, her daughter, you know, she lost her husband when she was 32 and then she raised four women by herself. Wow. Really like strong, like really, she's really um, in good, in saving, in, in good with money, managing money, you know, because she didn't have money. When she lost her husband, she, a lot of people betrayed her and then she lost a bunch of um, 
income um, mm-hmm. source and she didn't work and then she she has to start working and she didn't have college she didn't have any degree anything so um but anyway but she has this strong personality and i remember she used to smoke you know and the, so i ha- i had this all these uh, examples so i didn't uh-huh. I couldn't go in a different way, you know. So that's right. what we're talking, you know. Yeah. It's how we we're taught, you know. There's, yeah. I I didn't know any other yeah. way. Well, and I'll, I'll share a little bit. Um, the same for me. So when I started um, lineage ancestral lineage repair work and really learning more about my grandparents, but especially my grandmothers. Um, and I had, on a side note, I had done some family constellation work a couple years ago with my father's side before we moved because my father was not happy at that point for us to move to Mexico. So I was like, we need to do some healing around it. And um, and I realized all the pain that I held in my body postpartum was not because of me and my dad's issue or you know postpartum being a mom. It was really from my grandmother. I don't, I don't know if you've ever done family constellation work, but it's really amazing and yeah. it's different for every person. But all the pain was from her in my father's relationship. She didn't probably want to be a mother. I mean, to be honest, like, but it was the 50s. That's what you did. And um, you, you know, tended house and you took, you had kids and and that sort of stuff. But I think if she would have been in the 70s or later, like it would have been a different choice, you know. Um, But that's what it is. She loves her. She loves her kids. But like, I think that if she would have had a choice, but that's what society expected of women, you know, then and beyond and before that. And um, and so like I'm well with that lineage now. But my grandma also, big smoker, drinking ham's beer, talking politics. Like, she did, I always joked she is not the bake your cookies grandma. And, um, like, not at all. And so, but I love that about her. I mean, I, I love that about her. But on my mother's side, and I'm learning more and more, because I remember asking myself, I was like, why am I a single mother? Like, what is going on? And it led me into some ancestral work, first with my grandmother on my mother's or father's side, who I just mentioned, because she came to me in, in dreams. She was in between worlds, um, which led me down the ancestral path. But on my mother's side, which is where the feminine comes through, I started thinking about my, my grandmother. Um, she raised seven kids, and... I know that my mom had mentioned my grandfather wasn't really around. They lived in separate bedrooms. He was 14 years older. Like, you know, she was like a single mom with a provider. So she was very strong, smoking cigarettes, you know, like that sort of stuff. Took care, you know, raised those kids. And then I found out later in my research, because I was asking my aunt, my mom is one of the younger of the seven. I was asking my older aunt, and she told me that her grandmother, so my great-grandmother, so on this maternal lineage, um, that my grandfather had schizophrenia and once chased her down the street and tried to kill her because he was having all these thoughts to get rid of her. And uh, the police had to pull 
five police officers had to pull him off of her. And so I thought about it, and they were married for 50 years, and she took care of him to his dying day. And I remember telling my mom, well, what choice did she have back then? And I'm like, so she raised the kids but on her own, basically, and took care of her husband. Like, so she had to be strong. And, um, and I was like, that strong in that way, that masculine energy way. She had no room for the feminine. And I was like, wow, like, it's amazing. And then you think beyond that, you have no idea, you know, what's happened to the women in our lineage. But yeah, how do we know anything about the feminine when our grandmothers, and, and I'm sure those who are listening, like if you, if you think about the stories in, that you've heard about your grandmothers, I think about the movie Encanto. If you have you watched that and the grandmother like she lost her husband in war and and raised three kids triplets which is crazy and so like she had to be the strong one because what else what other choice did you have and so we in this generation we have a choice and we're so it's like but what is the feminine when we yeah. weren't shown it, we have to learn it from a different place. And um, it's fascinating, though, when we really look back, it's like, yeah, of course, we don't know how to live in the feminine. And then, um, you know, it's like, I've shared, I, 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 well, it, it's funny that you shared, like, when you first met me, it was like, um, the masculine energy because I remember when Jeannie um, first met me and I was like wearing a dress and I didn't wear dresses a lot I wear them a lot now because it's hot in Mexico but um, but she was I remember she when she came up to me and was like and I think I mentioned this in the first episode on this podcast and she was like you're a balance of your mother and father but you're too much like your father and you need to hide your balls and I'm like <laughs> And I remember that kind of being the first of like, well, what the hell is fem- the feminine? I knew it wasn't just how you dress because she had mentioned something. You can wear a dress or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, like basically you're exuding feminine energy and, you know, or masculine energy, I mean. And I was like, well, no shit, Sherlock. I know this, but like, just like you, like, what, what do you do differently? What is, what is the feminine? Yeah, and 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 uh, and they're just talking. Uh, just remember, because you're talking about, you know, the thing that you had with um, um, the issue that you had with your pain and everything. And and in, in my case, you know, um, I just finished uh, uh, cancer treatment a couple of, uh, weeks ago, and I the cancer that I had out of nowhere, it was breast, and mm-hmm. it's not. Like, Coincidence. So it's something that um, is crazy about that. When I talk to anyone uh, that does any kind of type of work related to, um, you know, spirit, mind and spirit type of work, and, and I say, oh, breast, oh, you know, have you think about your feminine side, your, you know, your feminine energy? <clears throat> and it's because it's all related. Mm-hmm. And then remains like how can i work that side of me because um first of all i i would say i don't want to do it because for me in my mind the feminine energy is all about being um uh kind of 
week. Mm. Uh, um, also, to something that the the same person told me because I mentioned to her, oh, for me, the feminine size would be something like so someone that likes to manipulate and be and use like sensuality to get things. Mm, interesting. And then she's like, no, Rita, this is the overdue of the feminine uh, energy is when you, you do, you overdo it and you do it in a, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's being in a feminine energy, but not doing it in a good way is, is, is doing in a way that is going to harm someone, you know. Oh, but you know, Rita, that is so interesting because you may want to explore that in family constellation. Like maybe someone in your family has overused it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, because that's fascinating. And you, and you know what? I'm just going to share with you something funny. So when you say like, because I, I, I on some level have that too of the feminine is weak, although I've embodied it way more. And yesterday I had a private tango lesson with my teacher I'll send you the video. <laughs> Sorry, you guys are going to have to DM me for a little, like, a minute video. But, but I'm not going to post it. But, like, I have my arms, like, fully around him like this. And because I have to, like, lean into him and let him, you know, lead me. And it, and not during it, but I was kind of thinking about it this morning or last night about, like, why, like, why do I have trouble just, like, uh, like allowing someone to hold me completely, like completely, like I'm obviously much better, but it was just an interesting thing. And, and dancing is much easier if I freaking allow it. Um, and I was like, because it feels weak. Like, like I'm allowing someone to lead me and get, you know, and I'm like, on some level, it's weak. Like, it's not that it, that's what my brain thought. And I was like, that's weird. And, um, and like, it's like, I don't want to feel, be weak to, uh, I'm totally surrender to someone. And it was like, well, that's a weird thing. So that feeling of being weak in the feminine, you know, it's a, it's a, it was just when you said that it was fascinating. Cause I was just thinking about it. Yeah. And, and then, and again, when with, in my case, at least when I think about how, how can I work that since first, I don't know what it is i thought it was something but it's not yeah um how can i work that if i have in my i have this concept of being you know the feminine energy is weak uh or it's something that i'm going to manipulate someone um so how can i work that and also breaking out this concept that i created in my mind Mm -hmm. so in my case, I have to find ways that I can feel comfortable, um, find activity that I feel comfortable using. For example, you mentioned about uh, dancing. Uh, a couple of years ago, when I started realizing, you know, that I need, you know, to bring more this energy in my life, mm-hmm. I found out about, um, I love doing pole dance. And then because... It, it really brings me that energy, you know, you have to, there's, even if you use the strength to, you know, grab and do all the things, but also there's this, this, um, the way you dance, the way you dance your body. So that brings, so 
pole dance, even even like Zumba, you know, uh-huh. uh, it brings that. So for me, dance, yeah, is something that it it helps me a lot to bring the essence. Because if I have to like, for example, like oh no, you go and join like a women's circle and you guys are gonna dance and hug. Don't call me for that because <laughs> I'm not gonna. Do it. No, I totally get it. I mean, I, I don't mind some women's circles sometimes, but like I always envision like uh, putting flower crowns on and dancing. No. <laughs> it just, I can't. I'm sorry. I, I'm not judging it. You know, it's just, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's not going to work. Yeah. And it's going to make me feel like, oh, this is so weak. This is so stupid. I don't want to do it. Well, so I, I think it's okay to say that because you know, like we're bombarded, and I, I love <laughs> having this conversation because we're so bombarded by those kind of images on on Instagram and stuff like that. And like, this is what the feminine is if you fully embody yeah. it. And it's like it doesn't have to be that either. Yeah. Like there are ways that us, especially those who work more in our masculine and are are trying to work more in our feminine, like you know, can go there, whether it's dancing, like for us, it's dancing in different ways um, and creating and that sort of stuff. But like, yeah, no, I, but I, I always like laugh at the, not that I'm against flower crowns. I love them, but like, um, like, you know, that's, that's kind of what I, I feel the same way. Like it has to be the right setting, the right group, Yeah, um, you know, it has to be a mix, not just totally. Yeah. Like, um, and you know, I have, uh, someone I know who does Yoni steaming and she had asked me when I was in Indianapolis about hosting a Yoni steam at the studio. And I was like, no, I I just don't think that's what I want to participate in, but that's me like right now in my journey. Like I just didn't want to do that, but there are tons of other people who are in fine with that and hosting that and so I think it's okay for everyone listening like us being honest about where we are in our journey and you know if we don't want to prance through the forest it's okay um and and you know opening up to you know because it's interesting you said about the women's circles like I don't mind some of them but it's not like yeah the first thing on my list um dancing is for sure um, yeah, dancing is incredible, yeah. especially because we talk about that too. Especially when you do with a with a partner, uh-huh. and then you have to trust the partner, and that yeah, right? is the whole. Level. Level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole level, and I mean, and so have you and Alan been taking dance classes? No, no, okay. no. yeah. All those, all this type of activity, especially the, the pole dance and everything, I'm still waiting a little bit just to get better with my movements here. But um, yeah, but I'm still like looking for other types of uh, activities that, that can, I, I feel comfortable in doing it to help me, to teach me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can I my my feminine side? You know, it's um, I think you know I didn't have kids, but um, <laughs> talking about it, <laughs> and um, uh, but I I three years ago, I mean almost four four years ago already, I I I 
had a dog. You know, I mean, I have a dog. So four years ago, I got a dog. And uh, I think having a dog also bringing me that nurturing um, thing, that nurturing energy, you know, that I thought that I didn't have because I always working on the, my masculine side. So I think having a dog that is like a forever baby, I call it a forever baby, because I always have to take care of him like every single day, doesn't matter about the age, um, also helped me, you know, uh, bring and understand the female side of it. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I know you love Herky. And, and that's the thing, like, um, you know, I think nurturing is is part of the feminine energy and there's different layers and levels of it. Um, yeah. You know, it may be taking care of a garden. I feel like taking care of plants is like taking care of another toddler, just like taking care of a dog. Like I have a dog and I have my daughter and, and, um, and it's just like two toddlers at home. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, you know, but yeah, like that nurturing energy, but you know what you mentioned earlier, when you were first talking about this, and I think it's important to mention, is the allowing and being open to receive. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. I was doing a meditation the other night on intimacy reimagined, because in my gene keys, intimacy is the key to my prosperity. It's not why I dance tango, but I realized in my private lessons, like I have a hard time connecting. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, it's so easy to be caught up in work and momming and, and doing and stay disconnected. You don't even realize you're not connected until your kids act out or your dog acts out or, you know, and like, you know, or you're dancing tango with another person. And you're, if you're doing it from your head, it does not work. Like you have to do it from your heart. And, and I, so I did this meditation and I'll link to it in the show notes because it's with uh, sphericalluminosity.com. And I was like, it, and some of the meditation was like, when you hold people at an arm's length, like, and you kind of like, you don't let them get too close. And I was, I was like, wow, like if you're doing that, then you're not really open. You're not allowing anything to come in. It's, you're keeping it at arm's length. And I was like, that's fascinating. Um, and like, sometimes you don't even know, like you're doing that. And, um, and, and so it's really, I think, important to really, it's so easy to, I was, I was talking on the last podcast about a client who thought she should do, know how to do everything first in her business before she ever delegated or, or hired anyone or even though she was pregnant with her second child within two years, like, and I was like this mentality that we can't allow someone to help us or support us, like not being open to receive. It's exactly really ingrained in us. And yeah. you know, part of that, our grandmother's stories, Yeah, they had to do it all. And, you know, not, not always by choice, you know, a husband died, they had to figure out how to make money to support their kids. And those are in our DNA. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they didn't know how to allow someone to take care of them. They had to do it all. So of course we don't always, you know, we're learning on different levels. 
Um, and I'm sh- I know, you know, people listening to the podcast can relate. And our, so all our stories are different, but I think it's key when it comes to the feminine is allowing ourselves to be open and asking for help. And it is one of the most difficult things to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then and that links exactly to what, you know, the person that I mentioned talked about the money being a feminine energy because it should be something easy and not like a struggle, not something that you're doing by yourself is just allowing to have support and <clears throat> because it should be something easy and accessible. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was talking to my friend Ryan who manages Sagrada Holistic Ranch here and we were doing a little cacao ceremony at his house. I Was it his birthday or I don't, I can't remember, or I think it was his. And, um, and he mentioned, gosh, I used to work all night, all, you know, and, and work so hard. And then I'm making, he said, I'm making more money now, working so much less and enjoying my life. And it's flowing and easy. And I used to work so much. And he was kind of telling some examples. And, and he's like, and now it just comes easy. And he was happy in a relationship. They just adopted a daughter, you know, like this kind of like place in their life. And and I remember him saying that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know. Like it's totally right. But you know, I don't know his personal shifts of you know how that happened, but it was just kind of an interesting comment. So this, yeah. you know, applies to us whether we're women or men. Yeah, yeah. Energies are still, you know, feminine and masculine energies. Yeah. And um, and so, um, but some things do happen in life where we have to, you know, uh, figure things out. But but we have many of us now in this beautiful day and age have this choice to explore and balance and maybe not work as hard to the you know, and our bodies will tell us. Our bodies tell us um, that, okay, something needs to change or shift here. Exactly. Yeah, it's really important. And, you know, I want to talk, kind of shift to talking about the importance of storytelling and telling our stories Uh, because, you know, we're, by sharing and having this conversation, Rita, you know, we're honoring our grandmothers and the stories they couldn't tell that they kept deep inside because of survival and that sort of stuff. Um, And I know that you are going to launch the coffee stories podcast, right? And, and have, you know, because I think we're empowered when we share our story. So I'd love for you to share about the importance of storytelling. And, um, and I know that you do that with your brand work and marketing agency as well. So um, I'd love for you to share because I can't wait to be on your podcast and listen because I think stories, they're healing and inspiring. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I hope you're going to be my first guest too. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be. Yeah. Um, I'm preparing everything. I hope um, I can start in October. Let's see. But um, so the idea of the coffee stories podcast is to uh interview other entrepreneurs um personal brands coaches um 
to share their story of their business that is linked to their personal stories. That means the personal stories lead them to create their business, um, to create their products or service. Um, so the idea is to interview them, ask them how they had this idea to come up with their business through their personal stories. So that can, you know, we can have like <clears throat> any type of stories like overcoming a challenge and or just something that happened with their family life or something that happened with them when they were kids and or something um, that really changed their life somehow and that uh, impact on creating their business. And um, it calls coffee stories because... First, I love coffee shops. Me <laughs> I love too. coffee shops. <laughs> you know, every time there's a new coffee shop in town, I want to check. Um, awesome. I really love coffee shops and I love coffee. I'm drinking my coffee now. So, um, and the idea is to have this like easy conversation between friends, like we're sitting in a coffee shop and talking about life. Um, and the idea is to link a coffee drink to the personality or the business of the person that I'm interviewing. Um, so we're going to, I'm going to link like a, I don't know, like I'm going to talk to you and then I'm going to link to some specific type of a, a coffee drink that links to you or your business or your personality, whatever. And that's to make like a, a cool, fun link. Um, between these two worlds, <laughs> coffee shops and, you know, business and stories. Um, so that's the idea. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Wow. I can't wait to be on and yeah. share it and, um, and support you as a friend and fellow woman entrepreneur. Um, yeah. But like, you know, these conversations are needed because a lot of times uh, as people are entrepreneurs, they think like, successful entrepreneurs are like these magic unicorns and it's like no you know innovation came sometimes through necessity or through listening to your heart or following that path um and and those stories and especially the ebbs and flows of entrepreneurship are really important but those stories and then especially when you align your personal story into your personal brand is really really important and so i think this will be amazing and please let me know how i can support you rita in addition to being on it um but i'm excited to figure out like what my coffee drink is like my <laughs> yeah. spectacular coffee drink i'm with you i love coffee shops and um there's just something about it and foo-foo coffee drinks and i love them so yeah and, and it's funny because um um a couple of months ago, I was listening to um, the uh, Mel Robbins podcast. Mm -hmm. And there's one episode that she was talking about how to make friends in the coffee shop. And then she was she was des describing there's, I think, three types of coffee shops. And there's like uh, three or four. I don't know. But the, like the way she described it was so funny because she said there's like this type of coffee shop that is kind of a... Uh, the mom on the go that should just go there, pass and get latte, you know, to take her kid to like a soccer game or whatever. 
and then there's not, and then this type of coffee shop that you're gonna you're gonna meet uh, this kid that you knew when he was a little kid. Now he's a teenager. And he's working at this coffee shop. He wear he wears a beanie, you know, and it's like, and then you say hi. So and then she was mentioned that this type of coffee shop, this like community coffee shop, is the best place to make friends because mm-hmm. uh, you're always going to bump to the same people that go over and over like every week. So you, 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 can, you can like start conversation like, hey, so where's your favorite drink here? You know, um, what are you doing here? And then because you're going to bump to the same people over and over again. So I thought that was so interesting. And then when I was thinking about you know, the, the idea for the podcast, I remember that story, you know, and I was like, man, I love coffee shops and it is a great way to make friends and, and sure. to learn more about the, the community around. So, yeah, 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 I agree. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up. Thank you, Rita, so much. I love what we explored and I hope it was very, and I know it was very informative for everyone listening and be, I'll drop um, links to your website RitaAvalar.com, right? Um, And to everything we talked about, like the Sparkotype tests and and other things in the show notes. Um, But I'm so excited for your new podcast and happy to support you. Any final thoughts you want to share about our conversation? Yeah, I think um, just to wrap up, um, I I talked about my podcast, but I also forgot to mention that, you know, my, my, the base of my work that I do, uh, marketing and branding and stuff, is um, is linked to the storytelling. And when I say storytelling, it is linked to your story. So when I work with uh, uh, any clients, I need to try. To, I need to understand their story, their personal story, to understand how this uh, building, you know, their business and the communication and branding and everything. So. Um, so when we share our stories, it's, it's such like a powerful tool, not only personal, but professionally. Um, so, yeah, even me, like right now, was telling my story and listening to me is it, already giving me some ideas, you know, for my business and some other stuff. It just makes our um, creator maker minds go nuts right (laughs) yeah yeah but i think like just to uh, wrap up i think writing down our stories is so important to in in many ways like i said personally professionally um if you're encountering like a moment a challenge in your life if you just stop and write down Mm -hmm. your stories and like we did with the inventory for the spark type you know, just do this inventory of your stories that can help yeah. you heal, help you find answers and solutions for your life and for your business, I think is a great way to start. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rita. I completely agree. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Hecate Calling. I hope to see you on one of my Wild Wisdom retreats soon, and I'll connect with you on the next episode. Thanks, Rita. Thank you. Bye.